Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Freedom Wire, your number one source for patriotic truth. Grace is off again, fighting the good fight, boots on the ground. Uh, I think she's headed to Washington. I no, could be wrong. Tex- Texas. 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 The other, the other great state. Other free land of the free. Uh, in, uh, in the south, next to Florida. Uh, so we'll, we wish, wish Grace safe travels. We'll see her back here next week. But Ryan, Connor, and myself, Sean, are here today. We're going to talk about the fact that in a recent poll, only 36, was it 36 or 38? 36%. 36. 36% of Americans polled believe that Biden's in charge. Um, We're going to dive into that. But before we do, do us a favor, like this video, share this video, comment on this video. Do you think Joe Biden is in charge or do you think he's being manipulated like a puppet on a string let us know comment below also if you haven't already please subscribe to the podcast and hit that notifications bell anytime uh that way you'll know anytime a new episode is up also become a member of freedom wire real easy to do click the link on the bottom right hand side of the screen and give us your email we'll start sending stories that are important to conservatives like you and like us and you probably won't read anywhere else now that we got that whole shebang out of the way. So, so it was this this poll was interesting because and I'll tell you what the most interesting part about it was. Because they they did have it segmented by um by party. Um and I, overwhelmingly the Republicans don't believe I think it was something crazy, like 80-something percent don't believe. It, I, I think it was about between 82 and 85 percent oh, of, yeah, Republicans of Republicans said uh, they they don't believe that Biden... I, I, I think the question was, do you think Biden is actually executing the duties of office? Right, right. Um, most people responded, no, someone else is. Yes. Which was one of the options. But what was the... So that wasn't surprising. What was surprising was only 52 or 53% of the Democrats polled believe that he's in charge. Well, I mean, it's kind of... A, it's not a secret anymore. It's almost as much of, uh, of a secret as the Wuhan lab <laughs> coming from the Wuhan. I think we all pretty much have known it all along. And like now we're just saying the quiet part out loud, even the Democrats. I feel like, like we we just like yeah, Joe's not. I mean, I gotta say his people, whoever they are. I mean, Ron Klain is his chief of staff, and they've known each worked together for a long time. So maybe he's the guy. Susan Rice too. I gotta say his staff does a really good job. You know how hard that must be to to prop him up and do. I mean, even going back to the campaign, how how they they only trotted him out every once in a while and now you're seeing why they they keep him under lock lock and key yeah because he becomes the ASMR president or, or <laughs> a, what, what? it goes to the economy it helps no one i wrote the bill they may, they i wrote the also bill. can't order a cherry pie without freezing up no it's like jeez anyway so i think his staff is doing a really good job <laughs> we used to have a thing where we would observe it every time biden went off script he floundered, but now he can't go off script because he's floundering nonstop. So when someone asks him a question, like Ryan mentioned, when he stopped off for some cherry pie, someone's like, hey, uh, did you like send any warnings to Putin about cyber attacks and stuff? He's like, hold on, fumbles <laughs> in, his, in his coat pocket, pulls notes. out note cards, 
refreshes on his talking points, and then it's like, okay, well, we haven't told Putin anything yet. Like, you had to go to notes for that? From a person that owns the cherry market. Yes. Who's just asking him about the Russian hack. Like, he can't even hand, imagine who, how he's going to stand up to Putin himself if he can't, you know, like, answer a question from a, a person that owns But don't forget, market. Time Magazine had that cover uh, around the time of the G7 conference of, you know, Biden with the sunglasses, and you see Putin reflected in them. It's like, finally, someone standing up to Biden, or something standing up to Putin. We had like, really? <laughs> really? The cognitive dissonance. It's amazing. It's amazing. It is amazing. I, I like, I, I... Do these people not like? I, I really under can't understand how these people don't see that. You know, just take for instance the pipelines. Shuts down American pipelines. Okay, is the Russian pipelines? I, but he stand up to Putin, bro. How did he stand up to Putin? He, up to he Putin. gave him a list of the things he doesn't want Putin to touch. <laughs> oh, here. So give your. Enemy, a list of the stuff that's most important to the American economy, the mo- American way of life. Here's our list. Don't touch these things. And like in, in even just general foreign policy stuff, you know, pulls out of Afghanistan and wants a pat on the back. Also still wants to be boots on the ground in Syria. And Taliban has taken over. Yeah. The yeah. Taliban wasted zero time. The Afghan army Wasted zero time and and surrendering to the Taliban. Who could have seen that coming? <laughs> this is and it's and look, man. Here here's the whole thing. Taliban can do whatever they want in Afghanistan. It's when they start moving against the American interests that they become our enemies. Mm-hmm. You know, I what the Afghan people want is what the Afghan people should should get. And if they want the Taliban in charge, then they can have the Taliban in charge. However, when that when that entity starts moving against American interests, then it's going to this is going to happen again. This is it, it's a never ending cycle, and I think the fact that people don't see the decisions that Biden has made as doing done nothing to strengthen America, and, and and here's the whole thing, and that's what we're talking about, right? It's his, not even him. It's not even his decision making. There is a woke cabal somewhere behind him that are actually making these calls. And it's really annoying. Like, I really, so the only people I can think of are like the chief of staff and I think Susan Rice is policy director so she's probably very much involved in the behind the scenes stuff. But like, who are these people? Like, I, we, we keep saying these people, like I, if we had some investigative journalists, I'd like to know who these people are. And we've, we've asked these questions before because it's been like three or four times where Biden has told the reporters, like, I can't answer your questions. I'm, I'm going to get in trouble. trouble. Then it's joking, like, Who's it? you are yeah. the leader of the free world. You are the most powerful man on the planet by most metrics of power. How is it that you are getting in trouble for answering questions about totally mundane things? Um, we, I don't know if you guys saw the clip back, back again during the G7 conference. You know, all the world leaders are kind of sitting around at a little outdoor dining area, and Biden's, like, walking through the middle, and he's, like, looking confused and making weird comments. And Jill has to go get Yeah, his wife comes out in the middle, grabs him by the hand, and... She might be one of them, too. We watched the President of the United States at one of the most important international political summits every year get led by the hand out of the dining area 
by his wife, like he's a rambunctious toddler who's causing a scene. And we had to find that online. Yeah, it like nobody talks about that. that. That's what's so infuriating to me. It's like, you can like Joe Biden, whatever. I mean, if you're the media or whatever, but you, you are, how can you ignore this man's, after you told us Trump needed the 25th Amendment, which, say what you want about Trump, you don't like Trump. The guy, he didn't, he's super quick with his wit, you know, his mind and everything. This guy is not. And imagine, like, he's only going to get worse. You know, if you know people in their late 70s, when they start going down, they start going down. It, and it's, I've already, even in the five months he's been president, I've noticed him getting worse. We can't, we have to talk about this. He's the leader of our, of the executive branch of our country. He's our representative to the world. We, you know, no matter who, what party he's from, we need him to be with it, especially if we have a, and every president has a crisis at some point, and God forbid we have something even more dangerous, especially with the way, some of these nations are moving on us, like China and all these, you know. Russia, Russia, for sure. Well, it's, you know, yeah. Iran. Anybody who smells blood in the water. And dom- Which I mean, is everybody. Yeah. yeah. Domestic terrorist attack. You know, you never know. Like, or Islamic or terror. You just don't know. And this guy, we have to t- talk about this, but n- they don't want to have this conversation. Well, what I think is a, a, a deeper question is not in his staff who are controlling him, but the people who are controlling the people in his staff, like, like who who sets the agenda, who not necessarily sets the agenda. not necessarily his cabinet dictating it, but who else in D.C., who else in politics, who else just in power in general is like shaping policy? And I'm, I I wouldn't be surprised if Obama had a hand in it. Yeah, either but directly no, or indirectly, a, a lot of his policy goals are be, being accomplished right now. Yeah, he'd I mean, never he'd never tie himself to. I, to Biden directly because yeah, he, because yeah, he knows yeah. Biden's a doofus. The, the, the <laughs> current administration, the current administration, I don't know. I don't know. would tank Obama's book sales if he tied his name to it. Yeah, pl- if anybody yeah. could say, you know, Obama was responsible for this Biden policy, well, there goes Obama's ability to do podcasts with Bruce Springsteen. Oh, God. Like nobody's going to be interested in that anymore. And he's making too much money as it is. Yeah, he makes he makes too much money being the guy he is now, but. A lot of what's happening is things he was hoping for. Right, He'll that's just, exactly and it. He's more than happy to you know, cheer it along from the sidelines, but he would never in a million years say he was involved in it. And, of course, there's not necessarily proof that he is. It's just the things he there's, likes that are happening. It's been political. Going back to when Obama was president and Biden was vice president, Obama's people used to make fun of Biden mercilessly behind mm-hmm. the, behind his back like because they know what it doofus this guy is and he's like uh, they can't they probably can't believe and Obama probably can't believe oh my god he's president now yeah. <laughs> I mean if you remember the Obama Biden memes back between yeah. you know 2008 and 2015 Some of them were kind of funny. they were funny but it was always you know Obama's the the long-suffering professional and Joe is his goofy sidekick who's like <laughs> trying to sneak Nerf guns into the White House and is talking about pranking foreign diplomats with all his wacky antics and stuff. And, like, that was always the dynamic. Only now we have the goofball sidekick running the country, and you're supposed to pretend like this is a man to be taken seriously. And, and, and again, it's, it's, I wrote an article, when I wrote the, my article on, on this the other day... A link in the description, by the way. Yes. Um, I, I don't hate Biden. I never hated no. Biden. And... and, and he always like he like you know before the whole woke movement happened 
he was pretty conservative as a as a Democrat. Well, that's not how I would describe it, but he was more he was more moderate. I wouldn't say conservative. Not conservative, conservative, but more moderate Democrat. You know what I'm saying? Ten yeah. years ago, he was the centrist. They try to make him out to be now. Like he he used to be. You know, old, not even old, ten years ago. Old moderate. It's, we gotta Joe. go back further. We're, I'm, I'm talking like '94 crime bill. Okay, Joe Biden. yes. Well, you know? <laughs> ten year ten years ago, he was coasting on the on the moderate fumes he had left because right. nobody really asked the vice but, the vice president about his policies at that point. Yeah. Well, I'm not. I mean, yeah, yes and no. He also was the assault rifles. I hate to say now we're playing by their words. The assault rifle ban guy, uh, he did that in 94, and he also presided over the Clarence Thomas uh, witch hunt, which was disgusting. Back, He was the chairman of that committee and let that happen. So he's not, but yeah, yes, on a relative basis, as far as modern liberals go, yeah. But he's, he's definitely not a perfect. So he's an old moderate racist. Like, we, yeah. we knew that. Only now, all of a sudden, he shifted into being even older, way less moderate and in many ways, way more racist. But we're not supposed yeah. to talk about any of those things. And, and I mean, I, I know, like, I know he was never. He's always been a gaff machine, and like, but but he was much quicker on his feet when he was younger. Like you can, oh like, yeah. If you go back and watch clips, even on the Clarence, I just watched an excellent documentary. By the way, I think the Daily Wire is running it right now, called uh, "Created Equal" about Clarence Thomas. So I highly recommend it. But anyway, uh, during this documentary, they were showing Joe Biden because he chaired that committee, you know, with Anita Hill and all that disaster that happened with Clarence Thomas and the. Uh, and the rape or the sexual harassment allegations against him, and he was he was totally with it. He was super quick, super fat. You can see with some of his old speeches. Again, the guy's always been a gaff machine, but to me, that's different than cognitive decline. Like so, and you know, he is kind of going back to who's running his administration. That's the thing with Trump. You knew he was running his administration. Like like his staff probably had, didn't. He he always. I mean, he he listens to advice more than people ever give him credit for. But at the end of the day, he didn't need to rely on other people to make his decisions. Well, for him. Biden doesn't run his own Twitter account. Who, who's yeah, the? Yeah. I guess the the question is, who do you think has the most power and influence that they could be running Biden's? administration from the shadows well there's a lot of i mean there's a lot of big activists slash donors that um that are out there like podesta is one of obviously george soros could be any of these kind of any number of people that uh that do that do these things but that's what i mean i like i would love to know that i think the american people deserve to know that being that those his decisions are the decisions that are made for well, look, looking, looking at the decisions he's making who do you think is the most likely well, it's got to, so I don't think it's Bernie himself necessarily, but I think if you look at it, somebody along those lines, because it's a lot of the policy. Bernie? No, no, not him personally. Not him personally, but somebody in his orbit, though, because look at the policies that are being enacted. Those are a lot of the policies that Bernie ran on. Because what I'm saying is it seemed like something happened right about the time of the after Super Tuesday when it was, you know, because Bernie was way ahead. It was looking like Bernie yeah, was going to win. And then something happened where it was almost like there was an unholy alliance made, like some sort of pact behind and locked doors. That's why I think like somebody in Bernie's orbit uh, that, that, because I, th- I think Bernie yeah. got screwed twice. Yeah. He yeah. got screwed twice. Something because... happened. And then, but Bernie even came out was all of a sudden, like, he's going to be the most progressive. Like, he knew he was going to be the super progressive president. Remember that? Like, he said he's going to be the most progressive president. You notice how we yeah. haven't heard a peep out of Bernie Sanders since, like, right after the DNC. That's what I'm saying. Like, kind of weird. Uh, we haven't run a single article about him. 
I haven't seen a single video appearance or a quote from him show up on social media. Like, Bernie has just the, gone the last time dead we saw, silent. The last time we saw Bernie is when he became a meme for what he was wearing at the yeah, the, at like the, the inauguration. inauguration. But even before then, like, he was largely very silent yeah. on everything. Because look how, like, a drastic fall he was. After he won New Hampshire, Nevada, and basically he tied Iowa, but we'll give him the, give him the big tackle as a runner. And all of a sudden, he gets blown out in South Carolina, and then it's a blowout after that. Like, I've never seen something turn on a dime like that in, in a primary politics like that. It just seems like something happened behind the scenes we don't know about. Yeah, almost as if there's, you know, an entire <coughs> structure that exists to get the person they want in power. Could you be know, wrong. That, that, that didn't, well, that they couldn't <coughs> even run the caucuses. Yeah, exactly. Caucuses. We, you want to put these guys in power, okay. Yeah, but... This is the the weird thing, like Ryan was saying, there was some sort of unholy pact, because I, I think a lot of it comes from... Have you ever been to a caucus? No. Line you like Don Pace soldier. It's the consolidation of the Democratic Party in the effort to put Biden forward. You know, you got your Bernie Sanders, Beto O'Rourke type guys to all of a sudden, you know, fall in line and be on board with it and lend all their supporters to the Biden agenda. But when you look at who's really not being represented, the administration isn't quite as woke as you think. They talk the woke language, but they aren't hardcore woke. Uh, BLM. They haven't met with them. They haven't met with them. Mm -hmm. They have... So you can say, you know, the BLM agenda generally speaking, is influencing things. But BLM, the organization, is not in any way influencing this administration other than just general social pressure. Like, the, 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 like I, what I mean is, you know, Patrice Cullors, back when she was involved in things, and her other co-founders, who are all trained Marxists, admitted trained Marxists, just a reminder there, they're not in Oval Office meetings <laughs> helping Biden shape policy. And similarly, with with a lot of other, you know, like these ground up movements that everybody thought, you know, Biden was going to be in lockstep with, he didn't really get them involved in anything. Yeah, he's not doing much for them. No, I, I agree uh, to a certain extent, but I, I think I get what you're saying about mm -hmm. the activists. But what I would say is they are absolutely implementing woke policy. Look at the military alone. Look at the, I mean, Susan Rice came out within, you know, a couple of days or weeks or whatever of his administration, and, uh, him his, his inauguration, saying that equity will be the number one guiding force in all executive branch, you know, positions or whatever. So they are absolutely enacting woke policy. Oh, I'm not saying they're not no, enacting no, woke policy. No, I know Have you noticed they've kind of, they're kind of soft on, on critical race theory? Because it pulls so hard. Well, that, that's the thing. Like, yes. The, we, we mentioned this a few episodes ago in, in them kind of backing away from a lot of their radical ideas, at least uh, in in terms of media appearance and stuff. Like, they're not necessarily backing away ideologically. They're just doing it where everyone can see. Uh, you know, stuff with critical race theory. They weren't ready for that to go public. They weren't prepared for everybody to know the inner workings of this ideology yet. So then they're saying, you know, well, no, no, it's not being taught in schools. We were never trying to push for that. Well, we just had one of the largest teachers unions in the country implement a thing to just openly and blatantly teach critical race theory. 
and and then at the same time they're like, no, no, no educator wants to push CRT. Like it's right there. You just passed it. And also, if you're not teaching CRT and no one's attempting to teach CRT, why are you so mad about people banning CRT? Like you 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 can't have it both ways. But my point, Ryan, that I was making earlier was that it, they are implementing all these woke policies, but the hardcore activist ideologues aren't the ones setting that. It's the people who want to pander to the hardcore activists. I, I think their their motives are a bit more self-centered, power-hungry type deal than... I'll tell you what did disappear is kids in cages. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Even though it's at 700% capacity from where it was when, when Trump was in... I mean, there is so much worse with America right now than when Trump was in charge. And that's only over the last six months, guys. Yeah. Over the last six months. What is scary is if 36% of Americans believe that Biden is not the man, is not running the show. No, thir- yeah, 36% of Americans do. Do believe. The rest of them yeah. are convinced so, that so, he is not. Yeah. So if, <laughs> if, if 64% of Americans are convinced that Biden isn't running the show, what are we doing? Mm-hmm. Like, what? why aren't we... Why isn't why are we just so apathetic as a country towards this? If this is if this is how this is polling, and it's got a uh, I think it, there was a uh, what's the rate uh, like margin of error margin of error of like two point oh seven. So if there if there's a you know if that's how America feels, why are we not being? Why are we more? As a country, because again, forty-eight percent of Democrats feel the same way. Polled, and again, I get it. It's a poll. It's a segment. Did blah, they pulled a thousand people? I think. Yes, yeah, so it's almost eleven hundred people. Or something yeah, so like it's that. it's not it's not a full representation of the entire country, right. but it's it's a sample size. It's a sample size, and you know, Republicans, like we mentioned, low eighty percent, like eighty-two to eighty-four percent, think that. He's not actually in charge. Independence, it was somewhere. They, they were more. It was like sixty-five or so. A little bit more. I think it was. They, they agreed mostly. Like you know. Yeah, like they they tended to lean with Republicans, and then Democrats, like Sean mentioned, uh, really he's not doing well there either. They're under the impression that someone else is doing it, and this this was a, a point I made back during all our, you know, election post-election coverage. This is what happens when you allow a culture of every election that we lost must have been stolen to to go on and it's happened on both sides where uh you know they the democrats insisted hillary clinton actually won the 2016 election trump was an illegitimate president the only reason they lost was because of foreign meddling and all this other corruption then 2020 rolls around trump says he lost because of voter fraud and all of these things are things that can and should be investigated if the claims are legitimate. But then, you know, in the meantime, we had gotten Stacey Abrams in Georgia who said, oh, it's racist and uh, election interference and voter suppression that cost her the, the gubernatorial election there. Well, this is what happens. It just creates a culture where nobody trusts the democratic process anymore. Well, People aren't interested in fighting for it anymore. And that's how democracy dies, when no one cares. 
Well, I don't think anybody trusts anything anymore, and that's what's even more frightening. You can't, you don't trust the media because you can't. You don't trust the government because you can't. You don't trust um, you don't trust the information you're being fed because you can't. It's all being all controlled. And unfortunately, even in some. <laughs> Like you used to be able, to like I can't even trust some of these churches now. I mean, like so, you know, what I mean, like it's like yeah. there's like no sacred, no pun intended, sacred institutions anymore. There's like it's well, like, yeah, there is, are there are churches that are becoming woke. That's my point. There's my I point. just watched this, yeah. I just watched this sermon the other day, uh, uh, yesterday, mm-hmm. about this uh, 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 a minister saying that the John three sixteen is not saying. Jesus is not saying you can't have eternal life through him. Like, basically it's, saying... It's exactly what it's it says. Exactly, yeah, it was absolutely crazy. That's I, Orwell I, stuff, man. I, like, could do an entire, are, yeah. Yeah. I could do an entire podcast on my resentment for the woke church. But to just go on this brief little tear here, the fact that there are churches out there that have given a platform for, for Ibram X. Kendi yeah. to give sermons to their congregation... The fact that there are pastors out there who went, one in particular, when Biden fell climbing the stairs, I saw this guy tweet out, uh, Jesus fell carrying the cross three times as he bore the weight of the world's sin on his shoulders. Biden fell three times on the stairs as he carried the weight of America's suffering on his shoulders. There are people... uh, Well, I got one better for you. Uh, Just as Jesus bore the weight of the world's sin upon himself, George Floyd bore the weight of our racism upon his neck as he died. The woke church is just another ideological arm of all the other woke nonsense and culture. It's taking over, like Ryan said, one of our most sacred institutions. And that's not to say you can't be a Christian and, you know, support a lot of these things, you know, championing the cause for justice, wanting to uplift the impoverished people, wanting to care for marginalized communities. That's all great things. But when you compromise on the core subject of Christianity Which you're no Christ. Li- you yeah. are no when you compromise on Christ when you buy into a narrative that says Jesus was actually your racist because of these stories other things I've seen where it's like oh yeah Jesus was talking to this one woman he used racial slurs and then he repented of his own racism what uh, I'm sorry if you believe in a Christ who repents of anything you don't believe in a Christ worth worshiping and that's that's where I'll and that's where I'll yeah. end my angry evangelical no, I think this is rant. discussion though, but, because this is part of the institutional distrust yeah. that we have. But I would even go back further to Genesis. If you believe that, uh, God, you know, where it says God, we're all creating God's image or whatever, and then you say you invite people like Kendi, Abraham X. Kendi, that said we're born racist. So God's a racist. I mean, at that point, mm-hmm. how do you you know what I'm saying? Like, how do you make that decision? If we're all creating God's image, but we're born and with inherent racism, if you're white. I mean, if you say that in church, then you're being unchristian too. So you can't have it both ways. You two things they can't be this. They can't be equal. There's, there's, it's one way or the other. Yeah, so it, we're either creating God's image or not. And if you say that, then like God's. If you want to keep prayer out of schools, we can compromise and say keep your woke politics out of church, and that's kind of where these things are because this is the. Or, stuff that is driving the Biden administration, whether it's the actual leaders of these organizations talking to his people or just the social pressure. This is where a lot of it's coming from. Yeah. Well, we know it's not him. Yeah. 
We know it's not him. We know it's not the last Catholic that's not allowed to take communion. Yeah, I would. I would say <laughs> honestly. I was say, uh, yeah, that's yeah. You want to know two, yeah. two of the people who are probably driving the most of that? Jack Dorsey and Mark Zuckerberg. You are. They've done yeah. more for the Biden administration than anyone else in the world. Think about that, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you guys for watching. Hopefully, you liked what you heard. More importantly, hopefully you agreed with what you heard. If you did, comment below. Become a member of Freedom Wire. Like, share, do all that stuff. And um, hopefully we can, you can help us fight the libtocracy. Um, all right, gents. Uh, we got real short time. Anything you want to leave them with? Yeah. I'll throw in a reminder. Don't forget, like we said with some of these things, links in the description, articles, podcasts, uh, other videos and stuff. Everything we talked about, even things we didn't get to. Go check it all out. Make sure to subscribe to Freedom Wire so you never miss out on any of that. Also, we're on Spotify. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're pretty much anywhere you get your podcast. Freedom Wire Podcast. Give us a download. Take us with you on the go. All right. We got a country to save. That's awesome. 100%. Get to work, people. Get to work. All right. Stay free, America. We love you. God bless you.